I think we should both introduce ourselves and say what the goal or purpose of us being on this podcast is. Yeah. So I'm Brittany. The goal I have of me being on this podcast, get enough traction that killers stop killing and abductors stop abducting because they're scared to make it on our platform to get humiliated and shamed. Also, justice for the victim's family is a priority. Absolutely. How about you, Sarah? <clears throat> All right. So my name's Sarah. Um, I guess I kind of feel, you know, we're going in the same direction. We're on the same page. It's just, it's really about bringing closure to families, um, bringing justice to those who deserve it. Even though, honestly, I mean, in a lot of these cases, there's, there's no amount of justice that can be given, but we're going to do our best. We're going to see what we can do, try to help some people out, maybe bring closure to some of these families, but who knows? Either way, you'll be listening to us talk crap. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we both know what grief and shock feels like. I don't know. There's just something unsettling about people getting away with stuff because the system that we have can only go so far because you have to stay objective. And we're going to we're going to try to be careful on objective facts versus like letting you know what's our speculation. But That's where the hot-headedness comes in. Yeah, cuz <laughs> we cuz we know what the fuck's going on. We're going to put an end to that. Yeah. Dishonor on their whole families. We're not also just going to limit ourselves to unsolved cases. There's a lot of subjects under the umbrella of true crime. So, you know, we're not just doing missing people or just serial killers. Uh, We are going to do trial proceedings, cult stuff, wrongful convictions, like there's a whole world of true crime and we both are super passionate about all of it. Absolutely. Um, maybe in different aspects. I I like to read the books. I like the trauma-filled books. I like the murder-filled books. Whether they're true crime written or fiction, the heavier the better for me. We bo- I feel like we both like the documentaries. We both get into those. We each might tolerate different documentaries better. There's some cheesy documentaries out there I cannot sit through. When it comes to the news, though, I don't like to watch the news. It's too much. It's too much he said, she said. I can't do it. Uh, I don't know. It depends on news. I'm really not the type of person to sit down for two hours and watch a whole documentary. I will fast forward through all that shit. So I I like, yeah, I like very short videos, like get to the point. I don't need you to speculate for me. I already over. Yeah, I'll form a conclusion myself. Just give yeah. me the details. Yeah. Also, a lot of other true crime channels, no shade to them, uh, respect to you and your work, but they make it weird. They'll be like, they were really good friends <laughs> until they weren't. Yeah, like, we don't got to do a Keith Morrison type vibe. Yeah, I don't know who that is, but all right. Yeah. Okay. We don't have yeah, to do an mean, unsolved mysteries type vibe. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Is that who that is? Nope. Okay. Well, anyway, um, <laughs> there's so much that we could just jump right into, but do you have any specific first cases prepared that you want to talk about or just... Uh, yeah. So the first one I want to talk about, actually, I wanted to dive in even deeper than I had the time to do, but I feel like I, I learned a lot in the short time. So I just want to kind of talk about Timothy 
pits in for a second. Like I told you, uh, local, local-ish case, he was from Aurora, um, so anybody that is in Illinois is probably super familiar with this case, but, um... I am in Illinois, I have no idea who that is, so... Yeah, that's mind-blowing to me, I can't believe that. So, back in 2011, he's six years old, okay, um... <clears throat> So his dad claims he had dropped him off at school that day. I'm not going to say he claimed. I mean, he did. The school can verify. Kid was dropped (laughs) off that day. um, But when the dad went to pick him back up, the school said he wasn't there. That mom came and picked the kid up about an hour after dad dropped him off. Now, you would think, us being parents, there was never a red flag raised there. Nobody at school thought maybe this was weird. Dad just dropped this kid off less than an hour. Mom comes and picks the kid up. Now, Mom did say there's a family emergency. We have to go. But I feel like if Dad had custody, school should have called Dad and verified. I don't know. Whatever. I'm thinking too deep into it because my own crap. But that's fine. Well, she she wouldn't have been able to pick him up if she wasn't like a person that was authorized to, right? Correct. Typically. Yeah, so... So, a couple days later, um, after, you know, nobody has heard from her, a couple days later, she did call the family to say that they were safe, everything was fine. Um, That was May 13th. The next day, she was found in a motel room, dead. Timothy's mom? mom. The mom was found dead. Um, Wrist slit, throat slit, and a lethal dose of antihistamines. Brittany... They ruled it a suicide. Yeah, I mean... I, I wouldn't consider slitting my own throat. That's... I just... I don't know how you would take a lethal dose of antihistamines and then have time to slit look. both your wrist and your throat. Have you ever gotten Benadryl high? Yeah. That shit numbs you. You probably, she probably didn't even feel that, if that was what happened. Okay, they ruled it a suicide. They ruled it a suicide. Um, she did leave a note apologizing for the mess, consider it, and saying that Timothy was safe with people who would love and care for him, but he will never be found, and he has never been found. Um, he's been missing since 2011. Somebody out there has to have some sort of information. Somebody knows where this little boy is. Somebody may be hiding this little boy. Regardless, somebody needs to start talking. There yes. are there are some theories that because of where she was traveling, the area, I mean, she went to Gurney, she went to the Dells. In between there, there's a lot of Amish um, areas. So there's a lot of speculation that maybe he was dropped off with an Amish family and asked to keep him safe. You know, they ain't going to talk to nobody. I was going to say, is that common for Amish people to just be they yeah they don't have to abide by like our rules and stuff so and they they typically don't trust us uh, regular people who the fuck are they yeah they're Amish <laughs> but yeah so I don't know maybe let's get in our cars and go check out some of those areas uh nah I'm no. actually scared of those people um <laughs> I don't want to go there I don't like how that feels, that speculation that Amish people did it. Because I just... No, not Amish people did it. I mean, the mom did it. That's just Amish people are hiding him. I don't know that... I, I We'd have to dive into that deeper. I really don't know how much law enforcement can do. I don't know. 
Yeah, we definitely have to hold those Amish people accountable if they got something to do with it. I just don't feel like that's that doesn't make sense to me in my mind when you said I think it would be a very weird outcome, absolutely. Yeah, like how you said he was taken from school, it was the mom, she was found, there was a note, all that slitting going on. My first thought is, boom, let's get, um, what are those people called that analyze the handwriting? Handwriting analysts. There you go. Um, <laughs> so get one of those people and see, like, is that really her note? And well, there's people, and, and they said that like she did have a lot of issues with depression and mental illness and stuff. Okay, yeah. So if it was a suicide, it's weird that you didn't want to keep the baby with the dad. Like, what's the? Was he interviewed to see why that would be a thing? Like, why? How dare she do that in a hotel room? Though, imagine, like, what was the tip left? <laughs> Probably more than your speaking. twenty that you just left. Okay. (laughs) I feel like this gives me more than depression. It gives me, like, delusion. You know what I mean? I'm not going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Schizophrenia, paranoia. Who is taking care of this baby? Are are they in the room with us now? You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. I don't like it. Yeah, so definitely something that we'll have to figure out. It's a good mystery to solve. All right, wait that for me. Carly Gousset. Ooh, okay. Nice. She's 16 years old. This is October 13th, 2018. It's a Saturday. She lived with her mom and stepdad, Zach and Melissa. Her real mom's name, I believe, is Lindsay. I'm not sure. It starts with an L. So she's 16. Allegedly, she was last seen in White Mountain Estates, um, near Bishop, California, at six fifteen in the morning, walking toward Highway Six. Right. Mm-hmm. Hold hold on to that detail. The stepmom said that Carly smoked weed and lied about it. Lied about going to a football game the night before. So all night she was like up and down, acting really weird. The stepmom was recording her like crying for help and saying, "Would you call nine one one if um something happened to me?" The stepmom was like, nothing's going to happen, just thinking that she's high and delusional. You know what I mean? Like, freaking out, panicking. Yeah. Um, The dad says that he woke up at 3 a.m. and saw Carly wide awake with the stepmom. He just figured it was the drugs because the stepmom said she smoked weed and she was just taking care of it, taking care of her. Later on, she claims to have woke up at 7.15 that same morning and noticed that Carly was missing. Carly's dad, Carly's dad didn't call Carly's actual mom until 9.35. The actual mom had nothing to do with the search hmm. because the dad and stepmom, they can't be in the same room. You know what I mean? Like, okay. they hate each other. Hold on to this because I feel like- I'm going to tell you right now, one of my kids goes missing. The step-parent in the situation is going to sit back while I look for my kid. I don't care if we get along or not. Hi, my child. I gave birth to him, not you. Right, water boy. But listen, so (laughs) I really feel like the dad is so um, oblivious to all the red flags I got from this Melissa lady's interviews, the stepmom. Okay. So the mom 
might be acting suspicious, but the reason is because she hired a private investigator and she Ooh. was, you know, she was questioning all of like the details because the story didn't line up. She ended up finding out that um, Melissa's kid's dad, like she, I think she has like one or two kids with somebody else. She dropped those kids off at the dad's house randomly at like 5 a.m. Okay. Saturday morning. It's just weird to me because if he was up at three, the dad was up at three, saw them wide awake. She was acting weird though. And the stepmom was claiming to take care of her. And then he went back to sleep. And and then she, the stepmom drops her kids off at the dad. Say her motive was to say, say like, I might have to take Carly to the hospital. When did you have time to fall back asleep and then wake up at seven, seven 15 and notice that she was missing? Right. You know what I mean? Because if she overdosed or something, how would she have left the house? It just doesn't feel like... Also, okay, so... This this stepmom would be an idiot if she is guilty of anything, because why would you do anything outside the norm if you're going to commit a crime like that? You think it's not going to get brought up that you did something suspicious? Because, I mean, it is. Yeah. So I'm So I'm trying to see, like... What drugs did she use? Because you're 16 years old, so you're just experimenting. And if the only thing that allegedly she's tried is weed, well, say she somebody... might have thought it was weed, and maybe it was that um, what's that stuff called? That special K stuff. I don't know. Right. Um, <laughs> All right. Laced <laughs> something laced. I don't know. Yeah, that it's called. They call it like spice or whatever. It's like synthetic marijuana, but that shit like. Oh. Has you eaten the face off people. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, but she she wasn't like belligerent and, and stuff like that. She was if are you talking about K2? Maybe. I don't know. I, I think I've heard stories about that, but As you can tell, we're not drug addicts. <laughs> yeah, we don't mess around with that. If she was high and she was like rolling around restless saying something's going to happen like she felt like she was going to die she literally she literally said that even if she smoked weed that was laced she would have she would have already been too uh out of it to like just leave right to stagger off um it's and also even California. If she, did, she wouldn't have got far yeah that's what i'm saying like she would have collapse somewhere somebody would have noticed something and so anyway so about that white mountain estate so i believe it was the private attorney don't quote me on that part but somebody knew a person that like worked for the city who went in and watched like video footage of the highway highway six over there and nobody was seen around that time walking so all of these claims came from the stepmom. The mm. dad is very like passive. Let's let's her handle stuff. You I don't know? like it. Mm -mm. So just the way the mom and the stepmom didn't come together when this tragedy happens, because even like okay, so when my older son's dad died, me and his daughter's mom never got along. Like she bust my window out, all types of shit. When he died, it all of our differences just like disappeared. You know what I mean? Like it was about the kids. Absolutely. And I wouldn't say that we're the the most mature <laughs> of people, but we just kind of like let shit go. So realized what was truly important in the end. Yeah. Like these, these people couldn't do that. 
That's yeah, weird that's to me. bad for a, for a missing child. A missing child should matter a lot more than whatever petty thing you're fighting about. Yeah, and even if we were to say, like, well, everybody grieves different, blame and anger are part of it, eventually, though, like, when does that, like, wear off to where you can actually have conversations? Because literally, they went, they all three went on Dr. Phil, but he had to, like, move one set to the back to bring out the mom um, and then, like, put her in the back so he could bring the couple back out again, like the dad and stepmom. It just gave, like grow up bitch you know what i mean because the mom was like i don't i can sit in the same room with them it was the dad and the stepmom that were like no no we don't want anything to do with it the stepmom obviously feels insecure around the real mom yeah it gives me very much like um when you get with somebody and then you isolate them from their whole support system like there's some real red flaggy about the bitch i don't like her i don't like it um and i just feel like she knows shit and i'm not gonna say she did it but you know, um, yeah, I feel yeah. like we need to really keep looking into that one, too. Yeah, so do you have any um, other cases? Yeah, actually, this is a this is a solved case, but I just wanted to talk about it because it's kind of, um, it's just something, it, it's something that I've remembered my whole entire life, a case I remembered my whole entire life since I was young, and I feel like it's a big reason why I have such an interest in uh, stuff like this. So... I originally heard about this case, the Steven Stainer case that I had told you about when I was real young, probably too young to be watching stuff like this. Um, but it was a made for TV movie on a kid that had gone missing. It was called, I know my name is Steven or I know my real name is Steven. Um, I don't know if it's a case many people are familiar with. He was, uh, seven years old back in 1972. So we're going way back, way back to a time where we thought the world was safe. Um, and apparently back then it still was not. So 1972, December 4th, 1972, he's seven years old. He's walking home from school when he runs into a man taking church donations. Um, his mom attends church, you know, his mom's a nice person. He figures, yeah, my mom would like to donate. The guy offers to give Steven a ride home. Red flag number one. Steven gets in the car, and that's it. Steven never makes it home. He This man was from the church? Yes. No, he was not. He was okay. just impersonating. His name is Kenneth Parnell. Um, real freaking dirtbag. So, Steven was never seen again until 1980, um, when Kenneth Parnell, the same man that took Steven, took another little boy. At that point, Stephen was fed up. He was he was raised this whole time by this Kenneth Parnell who ended up telling him that his parents didn't want him anymore. They didn't want him to come home. He had talked to his parents. They forgot all about him. They want nothing to do with him. So um, Stephen lives with this man until he takes another boy. And he basically says, screw it. We're not doing this again. Sneaks out in the middle of the night with this little boy. Gets this little boy reunited with his family. Steven's a hero. Um, makes it back home. Everything's well again. Unfortunately, a few years later, he did die in a motorcycle accident. But the reason this case is even more interesting is because his brother went on years later to become a serial killer. That's weird. and doesn't happen very often. Typically, in a family, there's not that much... Uh, 
horrible, horrible things going on, but he did go on to become the Yosemite killer. His brother, Corey, did, um, which is also an interesting case. So we'll have to talk more about those at a later date also. That's really weird. I know. That's a really good movie. You should watch it. Was the man who picked them up married? No. Because mm, we know... Um... We know a lot about uh, these killers and their mommy issues and stuff, you know? Damn straight. He's uh, not a very great-looking guy, either. He just looks like he's suspicious. Well, then he probably is. Correct. All right, what else you got for me? We could talk about Kiera Coles for a minute. Yeah. Um. Yeah, this, this case really stresses me out, because October 2nd, 2018... This woman was 26 years old in Chicago. She was 12 weeks pregnant. She just announced it on Facebook, and she was super close to her mom. She talked to her. Um, so, yeah, so she talked to her Tuesday, October 2nd, 2018, at, like, 7 p.m., and there is a screenshot of a Facebook post saying that she was out doing lift drives um, at, like, 8 or 9 p.m. that night. I don't know if that's just like the public because it went national, you know what I mean? So I don't know if that was just the public creating stories because everybody wants to be relevant and important. And Absolutely, yeah. Uh, so I don't know if that's a real screenshot. So she worked for um, the post office and she was supposed to go to work on October 3rd and called out sick. The mom usually gets texts from her by like 8 a.m., she was supposed to go like to the grocery store. So the mom started like panicking when it was like 11 or something and she hadn't heard from her yet. So she went over there and knocked on her door. Door was locked. TV was up blaring. So she called um, Kiera's boyfriend of six years, who would also be the father of the baby that she was pregnant with. And his name is Josh, Josh Simmons. He said, I don't have a key, but I can come over there because he hadn't talked to her either. They beat on the door for a long time, ended up calling the police. They, the police took the hinges off the door. So between the time anybody claimed to have talked to her and the time that the mom called the police, there's like a 20-hour period here, right? Mm -hmm. So um, she said that nothing was bothered in the home when they took the hinges off the door and... The, the car was parked on the same block, a little a little down from her building, which to me, like having lived in Chicago, sometimes you you have to park like down the block or on the next block because there's no parks. It's like all parallel street parking. Yeah, um, I mean, it's like any big city. Yeah, so. that that part wasn't really weird to me. Um, but then the mom started thinking like, Kira told me that she gave this man a key. So she, she just, like, kept that thought to herself. They're like, why would you say, you know what I mean? Like, maybe he lost the key, whatever. So she, she kept that to herself. But she started getting, like, weird vibes because he, Josh, didn't have anything to do with them, like, doing the foot patrol search, passing out flyers, spreading awareness, trying to find her daughter. Red flag. Um, yeah, big red flag. They got into her car also, and the only thing that was in there was... Like, her purse that she was using as a lunch bag and her cell phone, which is weird. Why don't you have your cell phone on you? So the purse she was using as a lunch bag just had apple, orange, bottle of water, prenatal vitamins. The boyfriend then went out of out of state 
like he went out of town for a vacation or something like Red very flag. soon yeah very soon after by june of 2019 so this was like eight months later he had moved with his other baby mama Mm-hmm. That has that had two kids with him to Louisiana. Um, Not suspicious at all. This baby mama also fought Kiera like they hated each other. You know what I mean? They yep. were in competition. Super weird that she just went missing in the you middle. Who still equals four, right? Exactly. Like okay. some something's weird about it so me you're guilty without telling me you're guilty it's fine whatever yeah so a big a big like loophole in this whole thing not a loophole you know like throws you for a loop whatever the word for that is there was a a neighbor that gave surveillance footage of this woman walking toward um kira's apartment right so the timestamp was 11 53 and 33 seconds she walked toward the building and then she walked back toward the car at 11.54 and zero seconds. So like 30 seconds isn't enough time to get probably into the building. And then I don't know what floor she lived on, but there's a lot more like unlocking doors and gates and stuff. If you know how those buildings are in the city, 30 seconds was weird. So people were like, why is she like walking back so fast? She must have saw somebody and blah, blah, blah. Like a whole bunch of conspiracy theories happening. She didn't get in the car, though. She kept walking past the car. Later on, it was revealed that that was not Kiara Coles. That was another girl who worked for the post office who lived nearby also. So that, I feel like that video was like a distraction from them actually like doing any further Absolutely. It took time away from. Yeah. Yeah. Because she, she, she walked past the car, so they were feeling like. Get your facts straight before you call it a tip. Right. They were feeling Unless like she you were could have trying somewhere. to derail the investigation. Ooh. Uh, don't don't do that. I'm just hey. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. Now I got to talk to the neighbor. I I'm don't just know. saying. I mean, I just feel like this is a joint effort as in he held her down while she did the dirty work. I could be together and when you come for me in the comments, make sure you it's Sarah with an H. <laughs> Right. I like to be addressed correctly. Also, she she was supposed to have given him $400 the night before on that Tuesday night. They both left her house in separate cars. And then there's footage of her going into the like gas station and getting money out of the ATM. And that transaction was for $400. You got um, fucked up because I ain't giving no man $400. You better be giving me $400. Yeah, that's what makes me feel weird because she had just put her pregnancy on Facebook at 12 weeks. You know what I mean? So $400, that's kind of like what people used to joke about, like get that abortion money and it would be for the amount of $400. So Which we are not joking about abortion. No, but maybe she like told him she was going to get rid of it. He gave her the money and then she posted the ultrasound on Facebook and then boom, she goes missing. I just feel like that's super weird. But um. He moved to Louisiana where he still lives with his baby mama and her mom. And like, he can't stay a person of interest because there's no body and there's no like valid reason to go get him. People have reached out to him, like the news and all that. And he never responded to the letters and requests to talk. So he's just like off the grid working for cash. I did a little research. He 
um, got the PPP loan for a little landscaping company, and it's his mom's address that he used. So, best um, line of work to be in when you want to dispose of a body is a landscaping company. Yeah, like why all of a sudden do you know shit about landscape? Mm. I just but, look if it if it looks like a duck and it walks like a duck, and it's over here quacking away. There's a pretty damn good chance it's a duck. Exactly. For me, it irritates me because why Why can we not, like, do more? Yeah. Like, make him. You know what I mean? So the, the FBI, the feds, have not been involved in this case yet. Actually, this year, I think in March, I saw that the family is trying to press for, like, the feds to get in so they can, like, good. go over, reinvestigate, open it back up, and see, like, if they did re-fingerprint the car and stuff. Because... I want to say, and don't quote me on this either, I don't know if it's a fact, but he parked her car at the at the apartment complex. But I don't I don't know, because how, how would you have been the last person to see her park her car, left her phone in it, and you don't know where she is? It's very common for, like, when people go missing, for their phone to still be, like, there, like, yeah. in the car, house. Yeah. Let's just make it easy. Uh, you know, Josh has been silent for way too long um he's had he's had enough time to be quiet and stew in his thoughts and memories um so why doesn't he just clear his own name give his side of the story instead of having everyone point the finger out at him and and just answer a few questions everyone wants to know where she is i mean if you if you had nothing to do with that what's the problem why can't you just Speak. Is it your girlfriend? Is she not letting you? Uh, is she controlling you, speaking out about it? Um, if you don't have anything to hide, just open your mouth, speak up. He did cooperate with the police and answered their like interrogation questions and stuff. And he didn't he didn't give them any information. He just said, "I don't know anything." So they they can't hold him because there's no body. He cooperated with the police, but he he like completely vanished from like society he's just with his baby mama working for cash now like he's just not speaking he's giving me very much suspicious vibes i believe you did that shit bitch (laughs) Um, you have anything else you want to add that's cool uh no i think that's it for today but you know you know a little bit about us now not near enough you'll you'll start to understand the crazy way our minds work or you won't we we still don't have the time but yeah either it'll way. be a wild okay. ride regardless very much till next time